Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to another episode of Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, Justin Bradford, Matt Best. And hey, special episode because we have so much hockey talk coming up later this week. Oh boy. Yeah, and this was requested by good a good bit of you to get our take on Loki. I mean, now that it has been out for a full week, the season finale, I feel like we can talk about that. So if you haven't already seen it or if you plan on watching it and you don't and you don't want anything spoiled, you, you just need to pause this, like this, favorite this, save this episode. Download it. <laughs> yeah, download it to where, to where after you can you can listen to it after you've watched Loki. I mean, there's only six episodes about 45 minutes in each episode so you can plot through it if you really want to but i will say i enjoy being able to watch every episode and having a week to digest it and talk about it and come up with theories and things like that that's what makes it fun but matt it's it's our time now to discuss loki and first of all just wanted to bring this up too this i know it's recency bias i think this is my favorite because of how it's going to tie in and change the marvel universe forever and what it will do to future movies and television shows. Whereas WandaVision was great at setting up future films and exploring the, the whole mental health storyline. Mm-hmm. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, previously Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, obviously setting things up more for the f- for future leadership in the Avengers uh, and also great for a representation and importance of you know self-reflection and, and coming to realize one's self-worth. And we see that a little bit in Loki as well too. But Loki changes so many things. And Loki's obviously been a, a fan favorite for so many Marvel fans since the beginning with Thor uh, and the Avengers as well, too. So I was just very curious to see this. It was, my, it was definitely my favorite TV series so far of the three, just because of the implications it had and the comedy in it, the seriousness of it. Tom Hiddleston's fantastic. The coming back of Owen Wilson into the So sphere. good. So good. So your take overall, because you know me, I'm going to do some deep diving. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'll give you like the for it. general generic fan perspective <laughs> without all of the nice morales that'll make me think. Um, honestly, when you look at the MCU and all the characters played, I think Tom Hiddleston does the best job out of anybody in terms of acting. Like a lot that you look around the MCU and like Chris Pratt's fun as Star Lord. Um, you you look elsewhere and everyone's just good. Everyone, like, plays their role well, and you look at it. Robert Downey Jr. obviously is up there, too. Like, obviously, he is top two, top three. Can't go leave him out. And you just... I I think Tom Hiddleston and Loki needs to be held in that same regard of Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man the best and nobody else could do it. I don't think anybody else could play Loki the way Tom Hiddleston does. From, like, his running, the way he runs is very Loki-like and very Tom Hiddleston-like. The, like, the facial expressions, the, the, well, I mean, the accent you can probably find on anybody of the same background, but I don't think you can throw Joe Blow in there and have a successful series. I also really like but, with Loki. But you could throw an alligator in. You could throw an alligator in, and I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> if there's no alligator in season two, I'm going to be pissed. Um, I think the one thing that really stood out to me about Loki is that there was no, like, buttoned-up ending like we saw in the other two series so far. And it's not that I don't like a happy ending. It's that I, when I like a show and I want more, I need my cliffhangers. And the cliffhanger towards the, the cliffhanger that happened was incredible. It sets up so much that I'm sure you're going to touch upon. 
but this one was just if we're rating the first three wandavision got about a seven from me like when i first saw it i gave it a higher rating falcon winter soldier give it another seven loki gets a like a 9.5 it was a near perfect i wasn't in love with the finale to be quite honest and the flack that i give it is i just wanted a little bit more action because i think the action scenes in loki were just so well done they're that fun. I just wanted more of that greedily. Like I, I understand the purpose of needing all the dialogue in this episode to set up everything else, but I just wanted maybe one or two more fight scenes. I don't know how you could mix it in, but that's what I would have wanted. Overall, this is the one series where, like, right after I finished the finale, I jumped onto Google and was like, "Hey, when is season two? I need this right now," kind of thing. Whereas the other two wait. series, I was like, "Yeah, it was all right. That was good." This one definitely has me the most hyped up to talk about, though. I don't think we could have really done a full episode of, hey, let's talk WandaVision and be this amped up about it, because Loki was just so much more fun, I think, the general consensus. I mean, we got way more questions about this, and, like, this show is happening now because people liked Loki that much, and God bless Kyle for sending me uh, Owen Wilson memes almost every day. There was one about jet skis today that he sent me, and I almost pissed my pants. Wow. Uh, just what a great show. Wow. 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 <laughs> okay. First of all, I, I the music. Before I really get into plots so and stuff like that, the music was fantastic. Natalie Holt. This is basically, I would say, her first major, major production. I mean, she's composed other things for TV and for movies and film. And if you look at her Wikipedia and you look at her IMDb, yeah, you'll probably recognize a couple of those things. But this, in terms of the audience and the reach, is by far uh, the biggest. I mean, Disney Plus came out that Loki is 2.5 million households. Holy hell. That's that's big, especially for streaming. That's that's huge. And that means more, even more viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, way more viewers. We're talking millions and millions of people are watching this, this program. But Natalie Holt, first of all, I'm very, I'm hashtag blessed because she follows me on Twitter. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm gonna go to her so Twitter as we we're talking. Her her Twitter, you could tell she's very into it and, and promoting the episodes and everything too, and and loving the fan feedback that she's getting. But what I really liked about the music, and the reason I started with the music because the music, especially in Marvel and in any movie that where you have science fiction, fantasy, and themes, things like that, you think Star Wars, you think characters have their themes, right? You, you go to like, anything that John Williams has scored has their themes and really well known themes characters have their own themes well marvel's the very same way where characters have their themes and the theming in this was eerie driving and on time mm-hmm. and for the reason i say that is because it's the you're the driving beat of the in the back even if it's not there you hear for of from other instruments it's the driving beat of time and you could see there here little implications of that throughout all of the, the parts of the score building up and setting up certain moments as well when things are going to happen and now i say this matt i can see the gears turning in your head because you're like oh wait it makes sense yeah. it makes it makes I, you like two episodes ago not the finale but the one before it i was over at my buddy mike's house and him and his girlfriend and i watched loki and they had the sound cranked like oh, yeah. sound bar cranked, speakers cranked, TV cranked, everything just going. And not only for the score, but for the episode as a whole. And I was like, okay, I should have really watched and listened to everything with the oh, volume yeah. a little louder than what I've been listening <laughs> to. Because, like, I, 
it's not that I don't like super loud things, but it's just, I feel like the appreciation was just way more there for me in the final two episodes because it, oh, I yeah. just had the MF or cranked. Oh, yeah. And, and you hear the theming of it. You hear the TVA theme. You hear the different themes when things are going on and setting up different moments that are going to happen. And that's what I loved about this so much. And I will say, I know I'm jumping around here, too, but it was really neat in the, the second to last episode when old Loki or classic Loki mm-hmm. is building his illusion in front of Elias to distract Elias that you hear the tones of Flight of the Valkyrie which he's building Asgard and Valkyries were protectors yeah, of Asgard yeah, and everything yeah. too so you, you the little themes of the notches there too plus some of the way they put in some modern music tones as well the same thing like we'll have with the Black Widow seeing some modern music kind of mixed in and make it eerily, eerie and creepy start off with music because it just sets the tone this is different time runs differently but you hear that tick 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 moving of the metronome so much in this because everything's dealing with time what i enjoy the most about this is that we get more of loki's development and we see the want because we have to remember this all starts out in 2012 loki with avengers loki who I, is I constantly hell, yeah. have to remind myself of <laughs> yeah. that. He hasn't been through Ragnarok. Yeah. He hasn't I, been through like he's not all that his stuff. brother's buddy right now. Like, right. I he need to remember that all the time. But sometimes yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, why are you being a piece of shit right now? And I'm like, oh right, you don't know any better yet. Still a dick. Yeah. Uh, but we see the character progression in just six episodes. That it, with everything you experience with Mobius and with Sylvie. You see the the growth of Loki as a character and the want to, as we saw in the scene with Sif, Lady Sif, thank God Lady Sif was finally made an appearance again, that there's the want to not be alone, and that is the fear, to be alone, to not be wanted, to not be recognized, and that they're doomed to fail. Just like And, and so we talked about the self-reflection in all the Marvel shows and how they do have themes for what you learn about these characters and how WandaVision was about mental health and dealing with grief. And in Falcon Winter Soldier, it was a representation and knowing your self-worth and coming into your own, a growth story as well. And so many things behind that and why that was absolutely important too, to to see what that has done uh, for people watching Marvel. And now Loki, it's again, self-worth, depression, the the, the feeling of being alone, knowing that there are other people that can be out there for you, the feeling of belonging Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, shoot, the feeling feeling of belonging created a freaking Nexus event Mm-hmm. Granted, I mean, of course, Loki's going to fall in love with, with himself. Uh, but, it's like but some narcissist stuff, yeah. It is, but th- th- and that's what Loki is. But that's what you see in terms of the development of this character that in one episode sees the entire progression of his life from his mom's death to Ragnarok to himself being killed by Thanos. Yeah. And, and you see the progression there to make the realization come to that he realizes that what he does do is for attention and to, to do, he's not like he wants to hurt people. He does that so he can get attention. And you think about it, how that can relate just to humans, right? How many people project for attention and it's not that they mean to do it. It's not that they want to do it. It's that's how they're, that's how they are. Oh God. So like so many people, so especially many people. because of like social media now too, it's right. Come look at me. Come look at me. I'm on Twitter and I'm trying to be this different persona. But if you have a conversation, come have a beer with me. I'm a way different person. Like how many people Absolutely. do you follow on social media outlets that you also know in real life? And you're like, you're not like that. What are, right. what are you doing here? Plenty. Yeah. Like it's, I, I mean, it doesn't really harm 
people, the people that I follow at least, and I'm sure the same people you follow, because I'd like to think that our circles are filled with the same kinds of people. <laughs> but yes. at the end of the day, you just look at it and you go, you're not really that person. And yeah, you can have your internet persona. That's fine. Just as long as your internet persona isn't being an asshole, then that's all right. fine and dandy. But yeah, no, I see you make me think deep about this kind of stuff with Marvel instead of just, I like I the action. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I'm progressing through the discussion here, obviously, just naturally and everything, too. So, so we see that development of himself as a character and by being exposed to, to Sylvie and what Sylvie dealt with is she was taken away as a child. And so she's been hell-bent on taking down the TVA from the time that she was taken away and, to, and then she escaped. Other themes in here, too, that are connecting the bigger things of the universe. We have uh, Ravona Renslayer, who has in the past in the comics been a lover of Kang the Conqueror, which we'll get to that. There's going to be future parts there, and we all see that little tease in the last episode as well, that she was a principal mm -hmm. of that high school that the pen that Mobius used to sign the document was, and he didn't recognize that. So there's those little Easter eggs there, too, of the pen. Uh, I, I, so many things when he's at the end of time, basically, in <laughs> all the little Easter eggs of the ships. One, we get the Thanos helicopter. That was cool. Seeing the Thanos helicopter, we saw the ship that Red Skull gets away in in Captain America, the first Avenger. We see uh, the Kree ship that we see in Captain Marvel and the Guardians of the Galaxy. We see Avengers Tower, uh, but a slightly different look. We see so many different things. It is fantastic to see all those things there, too. So all those Easter eggs are fun. Uh, and then it's there's so many things that I want to bring up, so I'm just kind of plowing through here, too. But let's get to the final episode because I think that's where most people are wanting to talk now because we see everything as a whole. So the dialogue is something that I enjoyed because it was setting up so much. And I know, I, and I see it too, so you're not the only one that felt a little disappointed in lack of action. There were a lot of people that were, but maybe after talking through it, it'd be like, okay, even more so makes me think, right? Mm -hmm. He who remains, well, first of all, they're walking into that building and Miss Minutes pops up it's 2.30 in the morning, and I let out, oh, shit! Yeah, it's the most, made me it jump. Was the most eerie thing, too. Not only hey, was it, like, a minor jump scare, it was also, like, that doesn't fit well with this scenario, what? right? Like, Hey, y'all! I mean, even the characters jump, because it's yeah. like, shit! That's just uh, like when so you go out and you're hanging out with friends, and at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, there's this one person who's still just way too excited to be alive, <laughs> and it's like, why don't you just calm down? Because that's oh, what, yeah, it's too much. I love Miss Minutes Miss has been in with that. Yeah, I mean she's she's been in the know about the whole thing, and she was she was already sus. Oh yeah, she was already 100%. sus from 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 the first time she was totally sus. So they get in there, and he, it's he who remains. And you see, there's so many different little calls to who he actually is, or could be, or is a variant of. So I've seen so many different things saying that's Kang the Conqueror. Well, yeah, kind of. It's the person that would be Kang in a different variant form. Uh, most people, I think, agree that that is more closely related to Immortus which is a version of the same person. And so this is where it gets really choppy and confusing, folks, <laughs> is that Kang, Immortus, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think through all the different names that the person goes by. Uh, Nathaniel Richards. Uh, who else? I already said Kang. Ramatut. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different things in terms of variants that this, this the guy goes through. And it's, the actor is Jonathan Majors, who we know is going to be an Ant-Man um, the next Ant-Man movie. Mm -hmm. I just looked him up to find out his name. He did so well in that episode. He did so well. Like, he made me laugh. He made me think. He was. He just he played did. the role so well. 
he played the role of a mortis very well too and that's who i think because of the the costuming for him was most closely related to what immortus was naturally and classically wearing as well so we know that he was basically given the warning of what's to come if you kill him and sylvie still killed him we saw him trying to split apart sylvie and loki and that's why the whole dialogue was important because there's so many little easter eggs in there i can't touch on all of them even remember all of them you just kind of start thinking through what everything means because he's planting all these seeds for how this next phase in marvel is just going to explode mm-hmm. and we already knew it was going to when you see the titles for dr strange and the multiverse of madness and you see ant-man quantum mania uh spider-man no way home there all these things are going to be connected and in some form or fashion and this is blowing things up so that that is why after this happened and this reveal happened and especially once we saw the final scene before the the scene where it says announcing season two and it is mobius not recognizing loki that made me so sad but like the look on loki's face yeah how it dropped the oh shit moment and then looking you see kang the conqueror's statue and he's staring at that as they fade away that Twitter, the, the the geeks that I follow, and all the people I know were watching, were texting ourselves, and here's my one F-bomb. Just as a warning. Holy shit, they fucking did it. <laughs> because it changes Marvel forever. It is no longer the MCU. Mm-hmm. It is the MCM. Because everything now can happen. And we knew this was eventually going to get to it. We just didn't know how they were going to introduce the multiverse. Because it was setting up so much stuff from WandaVision. Set it up with what she's doing and reading the Dark Hole. And what's going to happen with her and Doctor Strange. Where she could potentially be a villain. Where she's trying to find her children as variants. Variants in a different universe. We, we see how, it's, how it happened here. And there's multiple variants. All of these different Lokis. that meet, We saw Throg. Saw the Frog version of Thor that in a cool. jar. I mean... We see so many things that opens it up too, to where they won't necessarily have to have actors locked up in long-term contracts either too. It sets it up to where you can explore different storylines yet still be within Marvel. So they're gonna have to have continuity without continuity. Yeah. It, 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 it gives them opportunities to explore, but it also creates a great big bad in Kang because Kang is so powerful that he controls time. Meaning they can rewind, they can fast forward, they can explore so many different aspects of characters that it is setting up to where you truly do wonder now well, how the hell are the Avengers going to take care of this dude now? Yeah, they like, they set it up that there's when when the la- when Endgame happened, I think everyone went, well, that's it, that's that's pretty much. So what are they going to do next? How yeah, do you like big bad. And then now it's like, oh, you thought one universe was enough? How about right. we just expand this? Like, how this is going to stretch well beyond us, <laughs> like probably doing a podcast because they oh, just yeah. they opened it up for. Years and years and years. When did the first Avengers movie come out? The, the for Avengers 1 was 2012. And then Endgame was 18, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a solid six years. There's or no, 19. 19, so that's a solid seven years. I, yeah, like, 2019, yeah. This will go, what, until at least 2030, probably? This phase, of the next three phases, yeah, for yeah. like the next seven, eight years. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, and you see all the new characters are getting introduced to, too. I mean, Shang-Chi mm-hmm. coming out soon. Uh, so that's a new character being added to the Marvel Universe. We know that they're really going to explore more with Captain Marvel and and Photon as well, adding them. They're probably more the, Captain Marvel? And we're probably saying with the Young Avengers 
as well. And we also know based on Black Widow and Falcon and Winter Soldier that they're setting something up with Val. It's setting mm -hmm. up whether it, a, a type of anti-hero type of thing. So, you know, we're going to see more of um, Black Widow's sister as well and Florence Pugh. So there are so many other characters that they're setting up now. And you think we only had eight years of development, eight, nine, ten years of development from Iron Man 1. When you, yeah, from Iron Man 1 to Endgame had a decade of development. Think about all the characters we got introduced to in that decade. And now it's going to happen again, but you're going to keep a bunch of them and add on. And you're going <laughs> to add probably way more. Way more because, because all the TV series. Exactly. All the TV series will lead to your Mobiuses and friends and people that like you and well, I will know, fall in love with, right? We're getting She-Hawk. Yeah. She-Hulk. We know we're getting a new, a, a new Hawkeye as well. We're, we're getting so many different things that are coming up. But what's so exciting is that this opened up so many things. That's why I love the season finale of this was because of the implications at hand. Yes, the end of WandaVision had implications because how it directly relates to future movies and Wanda becoming Scarlet Witch and Falcon and Winter Soldier with the new Captain America being introduced. We know there's going to be a Captain America 4 with Sam as Captain America and there's going to be some storyline there too. But there weren't implications necessarily. Mm -hmm. There are implications in terms of how Sam's going to continue to deal with being a, a black Captain America, which we know is going to create its own thing. But looking at the entire universe as a whole, this changed everything. It changed everything of what Kevin Feige has been building up to now, and knowing that they can pull this off. They're gonna pull. They're pulling this off. I mean, oh, yeah. you think ten years ago would they ever thought that they're gonna have a multiverse? We're gonna explore a multiverse in Marvel Comics. I mean, shit gets weird when you introduce a multiverse. I mean, we saw freaking the alligator Loki. I, I think like <laughs> the whole concept of turning back time is basically what unlocked the multiverse idea. Yeah. Because they're like, yep. oh, people like that. We can be cheesy with this and make a lot of money of just wind back the clock and change the time, like events that have happened. Mm -hmm. Why don't we do that on a grand scale multiple times and make a ton of money that way? It's smart. Like it's just smart if marketing. I could turn back time, Especially. If I could find my way. Oh, <laughs> higher, higher, higher. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so it's when I look at the whole breadth of Loki because I actually just rewatched it with my girlfriend because she hadn't she hadn't been able to watch it yet and I was like, look, if you're gonna keep going to Marvel movies with me, you have to watch Loki. <laughs> She's pretty much caught up until that point. I was yeah, like, you have to like you're gonna be so confused and I, I won't be able to explain it without you seeing this. You have to see it develop. Oh yeah, good luck trying to explain this one. Like yeah, you can you can explain an Iron Man one and Iron Man two. You can explain a oh, Thor, yeah. a Thor Ragnarok. You can explain all that. Explaining Loki would just be trying to teach like hieroglyphics to someone. It just that doesn't happen. It's it, it's it's like the memes where it's like math, and you're yes. trying to put all the strings together. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what it would be like. Is trying to put all this thing. You can't just explain that. So, some other fan theories, okay? Some other fan theories. We've talked about Kang and, and that person, and there's so many more YouTube videos that do a much better job of explaining that. Kang's a Time Lord. We know he's going to be appearing. We know Jonathan Major is going to continue to do more. I'm so excited to see what he's able to do with the character because they're going to be different. Each version of Kang or Nathaniel Richards is different uh, in this. So the other one, too, is where is the TVA? We saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp a tiny city in the quantum realm. Some have been theorizing that, that was the TVA. Uh, others are saying that's Chronopolis. We don't know. It's, it's a city that sits outside of a time uh, in a realm called Limbo. 
is what Chronopolis is. I, I'm not sure if that's what the TVA was because this was all built up by Kang. Everything's by Kang. I mean, we, we saw the timekeepers were not a real thing, at least in that matter. They were not a real thing. This is all made up. And time is... Time is unique. Like, when we start talking time, it's difficult to put things into play. And we saw in this in the finale, too, we saw the circle. That is just a continuous circle. And every time we got to the end, of they just reset. And that's all they're doing with time is just resetting everything until we got the branches of realities. We just don't know what's going to happen there, too. And so I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with time being an endless circle because they could get themselves into some ruts. And I say that because you have to have continuity without having continuity. That's why Kevin Feige... <laughs> it's got to, it's it's this shows the difference between the marvel and the dc universe because it's been yeah, fully known good, that shit. <laughs> well yeah but you see continuity and consistency because kevin feige makes sure to bring all the directors and writers in and they go over things about continuity are there going to be some holes sometimes yes it, it just happens because there's so much to keep in in there but they explain the continuity and then let the directors do their things and there's trust built we haven't seen that in the dc universe because it's so rushed and not saying ones I, I enjoy dc stuff it's just i think there's so much there that they've just failed on so i'm excited to see the new suicide squad to see yeah. it's like with, with james gunn i feel like dc now with it took the mantra of we get big name actors and actresses and put it into a movie and everyone right. will like it. it's like and no. the dark knight series was was good oh i really liked it but there's God. no universe to build oh, around that give they didn't me focus on that so then. much more of the dark knight so so let's go into some questions that, that people asked to see about topics here too uh this is funny from from kyle why someone should be fired because of no jet skis mobius deserved better it's that's the kind <laughs> so, of thing i love in marvel it's just like the little tiny punchlines, little things that everyone remembers and then so many memes are made fun of or made oh, out yeah. of it and just by the way are you old enough to remember josta soda Huh? The thick, the stuff that Mobius was drinking, Josta. No. Okay, so it I've was. I've never even heard of that. So you remember? Do you remember Surge? Oh yeah, I remember Surge. Okay, Josta was actually like the first like energy type of drink. It was a Pepsi one. It was high in caffeine and guarana. Uh, it was discontinued in 1999. Right. I was five. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was one of those things that it was the the market is energy drink is what it was. It was high caffeine, like more caffeine than the typical, yeah. just like surge was, but also the guarana root, which is supposed to add different types of natural energy and everything too. Also, they were talking about how it, there was talks about libido and everything like that with <laughs> this drink. It, it didn't last that long, but that's where another little, so this is another little Easter egg then since, since you did not pick up on it. I'm glad I'm able to, to do this for you. Yeah, that, I'm six years old. Well, Mobius was drinking Josta every time. So in whether it was in the, the viewing room or it was when he was eating his lunch where Mobius poured like coconut water on his salad, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that he was drinking a Josta. Meaning we now that we know they're all variants and he's talking about jet skis, we know pretty sure that he's from the 90s. That's cool. I did not put that together. Oh. So since they're all variants, all these variants come from different time periods. And what also supports that too is when they're in Renslayer's room talking and she talks to him about get, using a coaster and he looks down and this could be something that could be diving too deep into this or this could be something to, to latch on to just a little key that he was that they're all variants all those little rings that are on the table from him setting his drink down and it's sweating and he's like these aren't even mine they, where have they been there and Renslayer says well you made them mm. the different was it a different variant 
mm. of Mobius that made those rings on on the table. Little things like that that you pick up on. Also, back to music too with Renslayer, the you, you, the music with the theremin was pretty neat too. Creepy, eerie. We knew it was just setting up that she is not a good person. She's pretty badass. Obviously, yeah. So plus the theremin is just such a unique instrument too to be able to utilize that props to Natalie Holt. So all those little Easter eggs I love. If if you are interested in watching for more uh, Easter eggs, go to Screen Crush on YouTube, folks. It's Ryan Airy puts out great videos on Easter eggs, whether it's on Marvel stuff, Star Wars. So if you're watching Bad Batch, there's little great Easter eggs in there and how they're connecting to Clone Wars and Rebels and even the movies as well, how they all interconnect. But especially for Loki, there's so many Easter eggs. We're talking like, 50 plus per episode of little Easter eggs or things you might have missed in every episode. That's, That's a lot. Scre- yeah, Screen Crush is he's fantastic at putting those things together and they come out like the day after the episode. So they're really quick turnaround. Uh, so lots of Easter eggs. I love this. I loved it. Uh, let's go to the next question here. This one is from uh, Brandon. At this point, are you more excited about the films or the Disney Plus shows? I've enjoyed the weekly ride of the show is more than the slow build up towards a movie release date. That's a fair question. That's a we tough question. Yeah, you you go first cuz I've been talking a lot. You go first. Honestly, I I think it has to do with the pandemic as well that I haven't been to a movie theater in so long. I've enjoyed just okay, this week I have this episode to do. I'm glad they don't go here's seven episodes, here's six episodes for you go nuts. It gives you that week to rewatch it. It gives you that week to digest it. It gives me a week to ask you, what the hell did I actually need to like absorb from that episode? And if you think about it, it's like the length of three or four movies at the end of the day. One series is. And if you want to go back like on your free time and rewatch it for fun kind of thing, like you would do with the Avengers or like you do with any Iron Man movies, you can do that. Just dedicate a while to it, and then you can find natural pauses at the end of each episode to go do whatever it is you need to do. Honestly, at this point, I'm all aboard the TV show train compared to the movie train. However, it'll take one good Marvel movie for me to go, no, back to the movies. But for now, I'm okay with just the way it's going. But, yeah, like I said, the second I go back and go see an IMAX movie or something, ask me then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... So what I love about the TV shows is especially when they're 30, 40 minutes long without commercials. I mean, you think about if you're watching an hour long TV show, you're typically getting 15 minutes of commercials. It's only a 45 minute program anyways. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's good to get that straight content right there. And you, what I love about the TV shows is you're able to do much better character development. Mm-hmm. You're able to split it up over some time. You're able to split things up in terms of the storyline, which allows you to reset some things so you don't have to you don't have to worry about skip aheads. Sometimes in movies, you know, it's all of a sudden two days later. Well, you can do that in TV shows sometimes, or it could be the next day or a day later, or it could be back to back, like doing twenty four did with yeah. Jack Bauer. Great twenty four oh, hours straight. What a great show. Uh, yeah. Love that. Love that. Chloe. Uh so, so good. <laughs> and what I love about the big blockbuster films is budgets. Like that's what really comes in for me is because you know when you see team ups you're gonna get bigger budgets, and what I love about that is big things can happen like we don't typically see, on TV shows. And yeah, the, the the TV shows had big budgets, but not much of movies. I mean, Spider Man. We know we're gonna have plenty of things involved, especially if there's potential of Tobey Maguire, yes. and Garfield being in there. We already know Alfred Molina is already confirmed as Doc Ock. I mean, why are you bringing in? Doc Ock when he was 
previously in a Spider-Man movie in the Sam Raimi movies. So there's that. And Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness has Doctor Strange and Wanda. So I love those team-ups because I feel like on a TV show, sometimes it's difficult to have two big characters involved with just a TV show. Granted, they did pull it off with Falcon Winter Soldier, but even then it's supposed to be more. Look, you wanted more of that when we knew they had to adjust because of the pandemic and filming and things of that sort too. So I love individual characters being explored more through TV shows, but for some of the team-up things, which happens naturally now with Marvel anyway, it's always going to be crossover, that I love seeing that in movies. I mean, hell, we, we look at Captain America and the Winter Soldier uh, with what, sorry, yeah, Captain America and the Winter Soldier where they, they had Black Widow in there and he introduced Winter Soldier or Captain America Civil War and you see all the characters involved in that. That's what I love about that because you cannot pull that off in a TV show. So it's me with a cop-out answer that I love both, but I think with individual stories, I love the TV series because you can have six episodes. And like you even said, when you run that many episodes together, you're getting a movie, but it's a, a really long you're movie. A, you're getting like a Lord of the Rings movie kind of thing. Yeah, long movie, but in a regular movie, now that Marvel's like two and a half hours long typically for movies, yeah, you're getting something big and you hope it all interconnects, but you're able to do much bigger stunts and big things that's meant for the big screen. And, and you have those types of things that you want to go see it in Dolby Digital or IMAX, which just makes it on a much bigger level too. So they to each their own with that. So I'm excited for both. I'm glad they went this route though, to realize that, hey, they can do really big character development and then plop those characters in to movies now after taking the time in TV shows, because now, you don't have to worry about an origin story movie for every single character when you can explore that a lot of times in TVs, in TV series. So for instance, Black Widow, if you go back and let's like retcon everything, Black Widow would have made for a great Disney Plus series if this started say seven years ago. Yeah. Spy stuff, all the spy stuff, exploring all those different things. It could even be back in the past of how she got out and got out of the red room to go work for shield i mean that could be a great super spy type of series fortunately we only just got one movie way after the fact but that would be great you think about those types of characters to have the origin story there some of those characters deserve that type of origin story captain america i don't think would have been necessarily the best one for origin story but talking about him replacing the infinity stones and how we went through that as a, as a mini series of say eight episodes would be fantastic for tv not a movie, not Captain America plays the winners, the, the the Infinity Stones, but how he gets back, and how also that ties into the the timekeepers approving that because that was all approved for him to return the Infinity Stones and not be a Nexus event. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of things I'd love to explore with TV movies, save for the blockbusters and the team ups. Yeah, no, I agree. What characters in the MCU do you think? deserve an origin story that just what you said there had my brain ticking like if you had to give me your top two top three i mean captain america deserves the origin story are you talking about past or future mm, or just, go, ne- just whatever just whatever yeah i think i think they did it right in a lot of ways where you have the captain america and iron man because the way they had to build it i mean iron man wasn't always the central part but that's what marvel had so they went with it yeah and look at what iron man ended up becoming captain america because it's captain america and seeing what he was able to do those two made the absolute perfect sense uh thor makes sense as well even though the origin stories for him weren't the best his his best still has been in avengers in ragnarok in team-ups is where i think thor He's shined more. so much better with people Right, and, and, it's and not I think a they finally on, realized. Yeah, it's not a knock on Chris Hemsworth. It's just no. It's just it's, his character is way more of a 
like a socialite kind of character compared to just a and you're based on Norse mythology yeah a lot of that too so there's there's certain things in terms of the the, the way they've built the character too that just bodes better for being around other things and team ups mm-hmm. uh, so I like what they're doing there I, 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 I really would love to see more Hulk I want to see a new Hulk like a new Hulk movie kind of thing yeah it's, it's I, that was like the fudging of the most yeah. when it came to actually giving his origin because his origin wasn't really full MCU no it was is that was it Edward Norton yeah was yeah, it was that weird ass movie, and I was and like, so, "That was only a few years after the Eric Bana one." I remember watching that <laughs> Edward Norton movie with my dad, and like at the time, I was like, "Wow, it's a really cool superhero movie." And then I think it was a few weeks ago, my dad and I were talking, and he's like, "Yeah, that movie kind of sucked." Like looking back at it, it's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. it truly did." Because I, I think honestly, with all these series, my dad's watched every episode before me, and like because no. he's so excited about them. Um, so, so get this though, like the Eric Bana Hulk came out in twenty in two thousand three, and then the Edward Norton Hulk came out in two thousand eight. Yeah, only five years to try to reboot. I remember, like, that's, that's whenever I think of the two thousand eight Edward like Norton Hulk, I can remember like the movie posters. The two thousand three one, I remember like the wasteland in the movie kind of thing and the <laughs> desert scene like I remember those things mm-hmm. but the 2008 one to me is like so not memorable that all I really remember is just the movie poster right and and to think though that like Thunderbolt has been in all of these and we're going to get Abomination which originated in the Hulk we're going to get Abomination in Shang-Chi mm-hmm like, it's crazy to think it's been that long since the first Hulk where we've been wondering, what's happened to Abomination? Well, he's about to appear in another MCU film all of a sudden, out of nowhere. So it's going to be incredible to see how... Yeah, incredible. And to see how, how that all plays out and everything, too. Okay. This is the last question here. This is from John. What are your thoughts on the theory that the TVA is the quantum is in the quantum realm? I'm not sure about that. I know we kind of briefly covered it. I'm not sure that it's in the quantum realm. I still think it it exists somewhere that Kang made. And I'm not sure if he did that then, but then again, it would absolutely make sense if they did. Here's the problem that I have, and it's not a problem with MCU or Marvel. It's a problem with me as a fan. No, no one, oh, you now say no one. We In WandaVision, we all shot ourselves in the foot by over-theorizing. That's, I was about to say, I think <laughs> I, it's it's just, it feels like it's too easy. Right, it's too easy. But then we didn't have much in Falcon Winter Soldier because there wasn't much to over-theorize because you're not dealing with magic or anything like that as, as much. I mean, you're dealing with a real homegrown type of plot. It was super soldiers, but that's not dealing with magic or, you know, the big three, androids, mm-hmm. wizards, and, you know, aliens. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't dealing with, with those. With, with those. But then you get into Loki now and you're, and you're dealing with time and stuff like that. And we started theorizing, well, all these little nuggets are laying. It's obviously for Kang the Conqueror. I mean, dealing with time, Ravonna Renslayer, all these things are just leading up to Kang. You're like, oh, they're really going to introduce the big bad. We know he's coming in in Ant-Man. So they're really going to introduce him in Loki, the TV series. Well, by God, they did it. (laughs) And so we had people like trying to, you know, pump the brakes on the whole Kang thing. And then all of a sudden, yeah, shit, they did it. Oh my God, we weren't expecting this because we kind of learned our lesson from WandaVision. And then some people were pumping their brakes there, but we still kind of fell into that trap of, oh, what? they're really doing Kang. And all, all of a sudden he appears, or the Immortus version of Kang. Like, 
well, we don't know what to believe. So Marvel is doing a good job of throwing us for a loop. So it could be too easy, or it could be somebody that's really in-depth thinking, and Marvel's like, hmm, well, maybe, maybe there's this. Because it didn't make sense, possibly, to introduce another bad in WandaVision instead of just being Wanda. I'm glad they went the way they did. Yeah. But they could have done something else if they really wanted to, and they chose not to. Not to say that this obviously was the plan all along with Loki introducing Kang, but that's the problem now is I don't know what to believe, my foil hat or my brain. <laughs> I just, I, for me, I just think it's too easy. And I, I kind of want to be suckered into believing that there's something bigger instead right. of like, I, I love when I guess something right, but after I guess it right, that one second of me going, ha I knew it. After I'm like, damn it, I wish it was something else because I was so, I love, I'd rather have the feeling of, holy shit, I didn't expect that compared to, I got it. And mm-hmm. so I just I just want to be wrong here because the whole having the TVA in the quantum realm makes too much sense. But at the end of the day, if that's the way they go, then I'm okay with it. But I just right. I want to see some wacky way of it getting there if that's what it actually is. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're 100% right. So, well, Matt, anything else you want to add to our special edition Loki of PPP? Um. <laughs> Cat did ask, why should someone watch the show? And my answer is, just just do it. So, here's my answer to that. If you have not watched any single Marvel Oh, film, God, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I know we're answering this at the end of the show, but if you have not watched any MCU film, don't do it. You will be completely lost. And while I understand the, the excitement to watch it, okay. If, for instance, this is what I would give. If you are curious about watching Loki and you don't necessarily want to dive into the whole MCU thing like we have where you watch everything and you're fully ingrained in it, this is what I'd suggest you watch. And it's still going to be a lot, but it's nowhere near as much as the whole MCU. Mm-hmm. You watch Thor 1. You watch Avengers, the first Avengers in 2012. You watch Thor Dark World because somehow the MCU is making us have to watch the shitty films right now. They made us watch Age of Ultron for the WandaVision stuff. They've made us watch Thor now, <laughs> the Dark World for, for two things because they had to reference it so much uh, before in, in Endgame and then I would suggest you watch Ragnarok and then Infinity War probably don't even need to watch Endgame necessarily but I at least suggest it just so you understand what the end is yeah um, I don't is, think is, you need Infinity or uh, Endgame right so and this is just to like realize what everything that's going on then I think you could watch Loki and have an understanding you could probably even you, you don't have to do Endgame, but you need to at least watch the first few minutes of Infinity War to understand, because yeah. that is basically the end of Ragnarok. Those are all the things you need to watch to understand Loki. But it is a well-done show. It's a really well-done show. The acting was great. I loved the casting. Uh, obviously, Tom Hiddleston fa- is fantastic. Sophia DiMartino was incredible. Oh, she's so as good. Sylvie. She's so, so good. And Owen Wilson played his part so, so well. Uh, I really, really did enjoy seeing Owen Wilson getting back into it like that. And I, I want to see him ride a jet ski now we, we we need to see that happen sometime man yeah i mean we've so, seen him ride horses in shanghai noon and all those movies before oh, and now gosh, i need yeah. to see him ride a jet ski Just... and 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 gugu and batha raw she did great as renslayer we know we're going to see more of her mm-hmm. as well so there's there's certain characters we know we're going to see more of in this universe 
And I mean, Tara Strong did a great job as Miss Minutes, the voiceover uh, yes. for her. So it was great casting, great music, and it really ties so much together because it leads into so much more. It wasn't things like you said, Matt, it's not just ending for the sake of ending. We're going to get a season two. We don't know when that's going to happen, but you'd expect it's going to happen probably in about, I'd say, at least a year. I'd say this time next year they announce it with a trailer, and then we get it like early. It all depends on the movie releases. Yeah, There's like a lot because they're gonna tie it in quarter one. If we're lucky. but it means it means we're gonna have plenty more to explore about what Loki's gonna be doing through the TVA to try to get things get things right because him and Sylvie now are separated. Mm-hmm. He's back at the, he's back at the TVA in a new realm, and Sylvie just killed he who remains. What's gonna happen next? So we know we're gonna see more, but we'll be back with expansion draft. <laughs> recap in the next episode so back to hockey and triple p uh we'll see what happens in that it could be a mess and then we'll have a nhl draft recap after the the last round so not war i would say we'll just do the whole draft of an episode and have that to you over the weekend instead of doing each day i think that makes sense right matt i agree i feel like we yeah. would just overanalyze ever living hell out of it also Absolutely. stop mocking up that Seattle's taking Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne oh, without any other trade happening. <laughs> Stop doing it. You're going to be pissed off with yourself. And just want to say, too, folks, make sure you keep an eye on the Predators stream on Friday night. I will be joining naturalpredators.com Ooh. with uh, Chris Mason and Willie Donick on doing some analyzation of the team and of round one of the NHL draft. So really oh, looking forward look to, at you. to doing that. Yeah, look at me. I didn't Scott, even know that. He just dropped that one there. That's got the invite. exciting. I'm excited. So it'll be on naturalpredators.com, and I'm sure they'll be streaming also on their YouTube channels and social media and everything like that. So make sure you follow us. Triple P podcast underscore. He's at Best of Matt. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. And we'll talk to you next time with plenty of hockey to talk about. See who, who are the good picks by Seattle, who are the bad picks by Seattle, and who do we say bye-bye to from the Natural Predators. Yarn Croak. Ugh. We'll see. Yarn Croak resistance is, is, is my guess as well. All right, until next time, this has been Triple P, Preds Pucks Pinoise. For Matt Betts and Justin Bradford, talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.